Please join us here. And two weeks from today, we're starting this new series. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, talking about the spiritual gifts. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, as well as Romans 12. So you're going to want to come. Uh, we're going to have a great time, and our discipleship groups are going to be tracking with this. So if you're in a men's group, women's group, couples group, we're going to be talking about this in a practical way. Today is exciting because uh, we have a special uh, family member, it's really not a guest anymore, that's with us. Pastor Jim LaFoon uh, is, is, takes leadership, is on our leadership team in every nation, uh, North America and over, every nation globally in our family of churches. Uh, he's been coming to Mid-Cities for a number of years now, and usually a couple times a year he's here with us. He's got a fresh word from God, and we're so glad to have Pastor Jim LaFoon. Would you welcome him as he comes to bring the word of God today? Thank you very much. It's always a privilege <clears throat> to be here in Mid-Cities. I love Daniel, Kayla, a whole team here. I didn't just come to eat Super Bowl food with Daniel either, I promise you that. Um, although I will, I don't want him to eat all that alone. All righty, let's pray. Father, just so thankful to watch all these children dedicated. I pray in these moments, Lord, you'd speak to us by your spirit. <clears throat> you'd help us. Father, I thank you uh, what you're doing in the church here. Lord, uh, both as individuals, and a corporate group, new things um, are springing up. Lord, the influence of this church is going to begin to grow um, exponentially. Lord, not only in this city, but in this area, even crossing the border into Mexico. And I pray, Lord, you would just help them. The next six months are going to be very important, Lord, as some gargantuan promises come their way. I pray you'd help them. We're so Please to live in a day when you're moving in such incredible ways. We thank you, Lord. Amen. As I came into this year, this verse began to burn in my heart. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Open your eyes. I'm doing something new. Open your eyes. I'm up to something. Now it springs up. When you look at the word spring there, which I'm reading out of the NIV, it's really better in the original language, the Hebrew, it sprouts up. And one of the reasons God says to open your eyes is not because it happens fast, but many times it's like a sprout. It's almost imperceptible when it begins. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can't you see it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I want to break this message into three parts today. I want to give you some perspectives. Then I want to talk about what is God planting in Mid-Cities Community Church, and what might he be planting? I told Dan I'm going to break one of the fundamental rules of speaking, never do two messages in one. I'm going to. So I'm going to talk about what is God, what's springing up here, and what's springing up in you, and then how do you respond to that? And my third part, as an individual and corporately, what do you do? It says, forget the former things. How many of you know it's not easy to forget the former things? In fact, many times the past and the pain of the past is the greatest enemy to the future. The pain you had in a previous marriage, the pain you had in a previous relationship, the pain you had in a previous church. God says, forget the past. How do you do that? Part of it's forgiving. As you go into this year, and some of you are sitting here right now, faces 
and situations are gonna begin to come back into your memory and into your imagination, and there's only one answer, forgive. It's not just a statement, it's a process, but it's so important because when God does, begins to do a new thing in you, the pain of the past can harden the soil of that change. Goes on to say though, don't dwell in the past or don't be defined by the past. And what's interesting in this passage in Isaiah is not just talking about the bad past, it's talking about the good past. It's all in the context of the Red Sea and how God delivered them and God says this, don't be defined by how I've moved in your life in the past. I'm doing something radically new. I'm gonna break into your life spiritually. I'm going to break into your life supernaturally. And if you're defined by your past understanding of me, you may miss it. It's interesting to me that Pastor Daniel is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Anybody besides me grew up Baptist, raise your hand. I grew up Baptist. I don't mean African-American Baptist, I mean white Baptist. The only time you raised your hand was to vote or fire the pastor. And when God first put me in a church like this, many years ago I was serving the 82nd Airborne Division and ended up in a church like this, I didn't like it. People was raising both hands and as a Baptist, we never surrendered anything. I didn't like it, they worshiped a long time, people were hopping around. I mean, it wasn't real orderly. I mean, when I grew up in the Baptist, we sang just as I am without one plea every Sunday. First, bat, first hymn, first stanza, get saved. Second stanza, rededicate. Third stanza, join the church. Fourth stanza, come up, don't embarrass the pastor. And so, but the problem was even though my head didn't like it because it was not, it was not my past experience, my spirit loved it. My heart loved it. And so there are times if we're not careful, when God begins to do something new in our life, the past can hold us back. Now, the Bible says, now it springs, now it sprouts up. Many of you, and I'm not gonna have you raise your hands, God's doing something new in your life. As a church, you had a time of consecration, some of you prayed, some of you fasted. And during that time, God began a new work in your marriage, in your life, in your business. And even though it's almost imperceptible this morning, there's a new sprout of change in your life. And all of you know, it's one thing at the beginning of the year for have God begin a new thing, it's a whole nother thing to go from consecration to consolidation and see that really happen. How do you need to respond today not to lose the change he's trying to bring in your heart, in your family, in your business, in your finances? When God begins something new, God tells you over and over, see it, perceive it. Why? Because if you don't see it, if you don't perceive it, you won't be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and see this thing grow from a little sprout to a seedling, to a sapling, to full maturation and change in your life. I'm going to have you respond to this one. How many of you can see something God is doing new in your family or your life or your business, raise your hand and wave at me, okay? In the next few minutes, that's almost all of us, I wanna help you understand how do you cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the second month of this new year and see that maturate. How do we respond? God spoke something to me at the beginning of this year, quite honestly, I didn't believe it. 
it, it seemed almost too good to be true. I get really worried when I hear really good things because I want to hear good things, not bad things. But it's already proven. Now, secondly, what is God doing in this church? What's he after? Like, what's happening here? And so how do we respond to that corporately? Now, I'll spend the bulk of the time talking about your individual, but I want to talk about the church. There are local churches all over America, about 400,000 of them. I've had the privilege of preaching in, in American churches of thousands and churches of twenties. And I've been around a lot of the, the, the great leaders in the body of Christ. And here's what I find. From time to time, God takes one of these churches and makes them into a center. And I, we could use the word apostolic, which means they begin to plant other churches. They begin to um, put multiple sites in their city. All of a sudden, leaders begin to be trained up and God grants them influence. And that's happening here. In your midst, God is getting ready to touch this church for ongoing influence. If I could put a map up here and I didn't, I, I see you going right down into Odessa. I see you going up to Lubbock. I see you crossing the Mexican border into Mexico and multiple other places. God's going to grant you influence. More properties in this area. More sites. And in the next six months, you're going to have another whole unique faith challenge when God opens up something for you. Now, why is it important that I say that to you? I'll close with that thought, but here's why. It's not enough for Daniel, or it's not enough for Chris, or it's not enough for Jim or Rick or the elders to respond to this. It's the people. Our country's in a very unique moment right now. And God's getting ready to touch us in a fresh way. Now, let me talk about you first, though. If you were going to process this new change in your life, this sprout of new love in your marriage, this sprout of new spiritual disciplines, this sprout, two of you are in major business situations where you feel God telling you to step out in faith and you're scared to death. One of you is buying a new location. How do you process that? Two of you had terrifying medical reports and you're scared. How do you stand in faith? How do you cultivate this? Let me talk about individual response. I'm gonna to talk to you about the strain, the soil, the sun, the saturation and sustenance. Real simple. Soil's important. It says in the book of Isaiah 61.1, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. If you're going to process this new thing in your life, you've got to have the right soil. Two things, you need the people of God and you need the person of God. It says in Psalms 92, 12 and 14, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon because they're planted in the house of God. They flourish in his courts. Your ability in small group life, your ability in processing into the church, your ability to fellowship, your ability to find peer accountability is so critical. We don't grow alone. It just doesn't happen. Many of you are just unique stages, God says. If you want to fully see this sprout grow, 
You can't do it alone. Then there's the person of God himself. The more time we spend with God, the more change takes place. The more time you're in his presence. Now, let me tell you why that is. Malachi 4.2 says, but for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays and you'll go out and frolic like well-fed calves. In this passage, it, it basically likens the presence of God to the rays of the sun. How many of you know you could have the most beautiful soil in your backyard? You can have the most healthy plant, but if there's no sunshine, it's going to die. Your spirit needs the sun of God's presence like your body in this planet needs the rays of the sun. One of my kids who's in a pretty remote part of the world just called and said, Dad, one of my coworkers, they're depressed all the time. It's dark over here. We don't know what to do. You know what we did? We basically sent him what they call, for lack of a better word, a sun lamp. Because we know their serotonin levels are affected by certain forms of light. And every day, if, if her friend will just sit under this lamp, it'll affect her serotonin. It's the same for you and I. The darker our culture becomes, the darker the situations we face in our own lives, the more of the sun of God's presence we need. How many of you answer in your heart, don't raise your hand, feel better when you're in church? You wouldn't be here if you didn't. And one of the reasons you do is when that worship team was worshiping today, as much as they're proficient musicians and great singers, it wasn't just their playing that touched you. Honestly, they were playing and singing to God and his presence came and you felt better. Your oxytocin levels, your serotonin levels were affected. One of the reasons Daniel mentions this album, if you will play that at home and worship and quiet your soul, the presence of God will begin to soak into your spirit. Perhaps if you spent time in God's presence on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, not just Sunday or in your small group, think how you'd grow. What God has begun in you will not grow without the sunlight of his presence. It just won't. It won't work. When my wife and I were dating slash courting many, many years ago, we worked on 38 years, we determined we'd never go to bed without praying and spending time with God. Why? Well, you can't do that when you're mad at one another, so you have to settle it. Secondly, just the act of coming into the presence of God together nurtured us. It also, and I did, I'll mention this one quickly now, there's also a strain involved. This isn't going to happen without work. God's delighting in God's a wonderful thing, but the discipline of its work. It's not just soil, though, and it's not just sun. It's saturation. You can have beautiful soil, fertilizer, all of it, but if you don't water that plant, it's dead. And if the very life of God, if the very reign of God, if the very grace of God is not saturating your soul, that change in your marriage, that change in your life, it's just not going to grow in you. It's not going to happen. It says in John 4, 13 and 14, you've heard me say this, Jesus told the woman at the well, broken, five marriages, living with a man, shattered life. He said, listen, if you keep drinking out of that well, you'll always be thirsty. But if you'll drink the water I give you, I'm going to create a spring and a well in you. 
When you were born again, and you know this to be true, you got a new nature, that means your human spirit was reunited with God's spirit, enabling joy and peace and life to come into you. Well, where is it? Waiting for you to take a drink. Drink's metaphorical. It means pray, listen, hear a podcast, hear preaching, fellowship, speak the word, read the word. And every time you do that, you drink. And everything you need to grow, the life of God you need, the presence of God you need, it flows into you. You want to change? Drink. You want to change? Spend more time with God and spend more time with his people. Hold out your hands like this right now and look at your palm. It's almost imperceptible, but there's a small seedling of change growing up in your life. The change you've been waiting for. The change you've been longing for. But it takes patience. The Bible says the change is like an old farmer who just plows and weeds and waits knowing it's going to rain and harvest is going to come. You see, you put your hands down. You see, we, we see a big change. We think, oh my gosh, God, look what God instantaneously did. No, you just saw the culmination of a process. It's a culmination. But we not only need that saturation, we need sustenance. Jesus stood in John 6, 55, 57, and 63, telling him before that, your father Moses had him in the wilderness and he, he gave him manna every day and they still died. He'd just given him bread and fishes a day or so before. He's, and what he's saying is, don't think you can live on the service. Don't think you can just live on what happens in a meeting or a miracle. I'm the real bread. Eat me. And they go, oh, that's weird. That's cannibalism. Kind of, the guy had a, a lack of church growth that day. Thousands went home. They, they should have waited to hear this, but my words, their spirit and their life, and when you chew on my word and you feed on my word, then you're strong. Every time you read that Bible, no matter what you think, you're feeding on him. Every time you speak that word, no matter what you think, you're feeding on him. Kathy and I, in the process of adopting an eighth child, believe it or not, taking a number of older girls into our family. And That'll make eight. How many of you, eight kids just keep you busy all the time? And there are times at night when we pray together, we don't even pray. We just thank God for what we see him doing. And we cling to that word and we cling to his promises. And when we do, we have the sustenance we need. Some of you are frustrated. Every, every year you say, Pastor, I begin well, but it dissipates. Every year I see the beginning of change. Where'd it go? That sprout of change in your life, if it's not watered, if it's not fed, if it's not in the right soil, and if you don't have some strain, it won't grow. And you'll be frustrated another year. People go, why do people find Christianity, you know, tough? It's not because it's complex, it's because it's hard. You say, well, I thought it was all a free gift. Oh, it's a free gift. But how many of you know you've got to open a present? If one of you said, I want to give you this brand new computer, 
your iPad stinks. I'd have to go home and open it. And then whether I liked it or not, I'd have to pull out that manual. I mean, some of you are digital natives. I'm a digital alien. I'm not even an immigrant. I mean, I'd have to spend some time studying. God's God's a gift for you. Lots of power for you. But as Daniel's going to be saying, if you don't unwrap them and understand them and learn to use them, you're not going to grow. Some of you are already identifying areas of your life where this is where God's speaking to me. This is where God's talking to me. I know I can grow. Now let's say corporate. What is it going to take for this church to have the influence it's called to have? Now, why would that be important to you? Because as this church grows in influence, people you love are changed. Cities you love are touched. Individually, we've described it. What's it take corporately? Well, it really just takes four things. It just takes prayer. Jesus told him in the book of Luke, go back to the city and wait for the power. In Acts 1.14, we know they join together constantly in prayer. The prayer ministry of this church is going to grow. I can feel it. Because what you're called to do is a church will not help happen without the supernatural help of God. Secondly, it just takes patience. Changes, the things God's doing here don't happen overnight. But thirdly, and almost most importantly, it takes participation. It takes you and I, we know from Ephesians 4.16, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up and left as each part does its work. It's going to be interesting to see all the leaders that are formed and shaped here. I love your leadership process. Typically, I come twice a year, and one of those times I always meet with all your leaders being trained. There's just a never-ending stream of extraordinary men and women being trained here. Never ceases to amaze me. But this church doesn't grow because Daniel does his job. Ultimately, this church grows because you do your job. Because you've found and you flow in your gift. That's the secret. You being empowered and released. Lastly, protect this. Cherish this. Said in 2 Timothy 1.14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Like when God gives the church something, when God gives the people something, you guard it. Man, why do we have so many services? Or why are we always getting so many sites? Or why are we always getting buildings? It's what God's called. Guard that. It's worth it that others might hear. It's worth it that others might know. The next six months are real important. Many of your lives as individuals. You so want to change this morning. You say, Jim, you're right. It's kind of imperceptible, but I can really see God's changing me. It's hard to see, but I know it's true. I got kids, married kids, grandchildren, spiritual kids. And right now in some of their lives, I can see imperceptibly the beginning of change. But I realize as their dad or their granddad or their pastor, I've got to water that in my prayers and help them. I've got to pray and believe. A lot of you say, man, you're talking to me, Jim. 
There's change beginning in my life and I wanna cooperate with God to fully have it. If you say, I see change, I wanna cooperate, raise your hand. If your hands are up, just stand to your feet. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Pastor Daniel's gonna come up with me. Holy Spirit, I thank you for Mid-Cities Church. I've been coming here for well over two decades now. And I thank you for the great church we see here today. They've never stopped following you, Lord. And right now, Holy Spirit, I want you to lift a hand and say, Lord, this is where I need to change. Lift it. Say this, Jesus, I choose to cooperate with you today. Help me perceive what you're doing. Lord, I want to water it. I want to work with you. Lord, I want to feed this change. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, breathe on this change. In every marriage, every life, every job, every soul, every heart. I'm asking it. Lord, this church is coming into the very moments for which you dreamed about for it. It's coming, Lord. Other sectors of our city, of our area, of West Texas, as we cross the border, thank you for the privilege of cooperating with you. Thank you for the privilege. Lord, as the next weeks as we begin and unwrap the gifts of the Holy Spirit together, I pray, Lord, God, you would touch us. You'd help us discover our gift because, Lord, we know the body only grows as every member uses their gift and serves. Help us, Lord, we pray. Pastor Daniel.